The Truth News Network. More violence, more threats, more intimidation, more price increases, shortages, spiking taxes, and our leaders are swimming in lies. You need real clarity. You need the truth. This is TNN, the Truth News Network. And your leader is Dan Newman. Good morning, everybody. How are you doing today? You got through the holiday weekend. A bunch of you had yesterday off as well as Friday of last week. And now you're back in the saddle. Did anything change over the weekend where you work? What about at home, Mom? You got the kids there. Yeah, they're still out of school for holiday break. Things are a little bit different this year than they were last year. It seems like we, we, we saw a ray of sunshine toward getting back to normal life just for a little bit in the holiday. But then when we get back in the saddle and we start listening and watching and getting news from our traditional sources, all we're hearing is Omicron, Omicron, COVID-19. And in the context of where the media is selling this, It's really scary to me. If you watch a news story on any of the national news shows today, yesterday and today, they're always talking about our children, our kids. I just hate to think that the medical bureaucracy of the United States of America, and it is, folks, a bureaucracy. I'm I'm hesitant to think. I don't want to think about them targeting our children for any of this COVID insanity, especially vaccines. Folks, listen, I'm, I'm not an anti-vaxxer at all. I'm not in any way. But I trust facts. I trust things that are given to me, presented to me in a totally open and honest way. In other words, not telling me, giving me information with a partisan spin where the person giving the information has an objective and they're trying to reach their objective and force it or try to talk me into just automatically, benignly accepting their objective. Just give me the facts. Just give me the facts. Let me find out for myself if what you represent to me is factual or not. And then leave me alone. Trust me to make the right choices, the right decision for myself and my family. That's gone. This healthcare bureaucracy, which is really aided and abetted by two other institutions in the nation, the federal government (laughs) and the healthcare mandates that are the media. They know just as much as the doctors do. At least that's what they want you to believe when they when they tell it. Let me give you one example. It's almost like even the news people, the mainstream media, they forget that we have access to see and hear and read the things that they have told us in their past. I mean, after all, they're the enlightened ones. They're the intellectual ones. They know better than do we. We're going to go way, 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 way back. Yeah, right to March of this year, March 29th of 2021, the most self-possessed elite person on any cable network, bar none, folks, 
is Rachel Maddow of MSNBC. Listen to her professional, bureaucratic opinion of the vaccines, the COVID-19 vaccines that had just been being rolled out maybe 60 days when she said this. It means that instead of the vaccine being able, excuse me, it means for instead of the virus being able to hop from person to person to person to person, spreading and spreading, sickening some of them, but not all of them. And the ones that it doesn't sicken don't know they have it. And then they give it to even more people because they didn't recognize they were right. Instead of the virus being able to hop from person to person to person, potentially mutating and becoming more virulent and drug resistant along the way. Now we know that the vaccines work well enough that the virus stops with every vaccinated person. A vaccinated person gets exposed to the virus. The virus does not infect them. The virus cannot then use that person to go anywhere else. It cannot use a vaccinated person as a host to go get more people. That means the vaccines will get us to the end of this. We're getting vaxxed. Every day, having it shoved down our throats. You got to get vaccinated. You heard what she said. Rachel Maddow. I mean, she's almost a doctor herself, or at least you would think that after listening to her. You just heard her give us, I mean, not a little bit of wisdom, a nugget, solid gold. It's factual. The healthcare bureaucrats, they told us this is what's going to happen. And look at what's happening. You get vaccinated, you're safe. Not only are you safe, you can't transmit the vaccine to somebody else, and especially not a person that has been vaccinated. My nephew lives and works in New York. Vaccinated, boosted, boosted, 30 years old, picture of health. He was diagnosed over the weekend as COVID-19 positive for the second time since he was vaccinated and boosted. Uh, folks, listen. I know that healthcare is not necessarily, the information around it is not always exactly as is being or as is being thought to be. I understand that. But these medical professionals around the world that are funded by trillions of dollars from governments, from agencies throughout their government, all different kinds of bureaus and sciences. And then, of course, you have the scientific community that do nothing but research healthcare matters for us year-round. Not to mention those universities, those research laboratories that are funded by billions of dollars of contributions. Those are the people that we've always trusted for good, accurate healthcare information, especially when it comes down to something like you could possibly die if you don't get your arms around this. And then that's all passed over to the arm of the Democrat Party, which is mainstream media. Why is this whole thing owned by the Democrat Party? Listen, what I want to do today beginning of the show, is I want to make you think. I want to make you understand. I want to make you want to learn more and back up a little bit and get away from the fray that is all around you, your immediate surroundings, at least for observation purposes, 
go up to the 10,000 foot level and start looking at the nuggets of truth that we have been given. I mean, a golden spoon and a nugget of gold. Rachel Maddow, like that. You just heard her say it. It was only 50 seconds. Listen to what Maddow said to us from March 29th of this year about the safety of being vaxxed. It means that instead of the vaccine being able, excuse me, it means for instead of the virus being able to hop from person to person to person to person, spreading and spreading, sickening some of them, but not all of them. And the ones that it doesn't sicken don't know they have it. And then they give it to even more people because they didn't recognize they were right. Instead of the virus being able to hop from person to person to person, potentially mutating and becoming more virulent and drug resistant along the way. Now we know that the vaccines work well enough that the virus stops with every vaccinated person. A vaccinated person gets exposed to the virus. The virus does not infect them. The virus cannot then use that person to go anywhere else. It cannot use a vaccinated person as a host to go get more people. That means the vaccines will get us to the end of this. Vaccines will get us to the end of this. And everywhere we look, We're seeing people that have swallowed that line, hook, line, and sinker and have acted upon it. Here's the sad thing. Millions of people have acted upon that information only to find out later it's not true. Why is that so bad? Well, it doesn't hurt anything, Dan. You just took one just in case it works. Folks, these are mRNA vaccines. MRNA, manufactured RNA. That's what MRNA stands for. And it is a mechanized process that was invented, the MRNA process, by Dr. Robert Malone. Dr. Malone, you've heard him here on TNN Live. He advises everyone, do not take an MRNA vaccine because you don't know what's in it. And almost weekly, folks, We hear from more and more and more and different virologists, epidemiologists, specialists on this stuff that are saying, we're finding out these vaccines hold some things that are not good for the Americans, not good for the Europeans or the Asians or the Africans. Humans don't need to be putting this in their bodies. That's not me. That's the inventor of the process with which these, at least two of the three vaccines are coming from. The Moderna and the Pfizer. Why isn't that being trumpeted by the mainstream media? Why don't we push a pause on that? Why? Ask yourself a question that I'm about to give to you and see if you can come up with your own educated intellectual answer for it. Why are they totally, the healthcare bureaucratic system, totally ignoring the therapeutics that are out there that have proven to be effective, even preventative measures? But every time somebody brings them up, they go nuts, screaming and hollering about conspiracy theories. I will never forget back in January of this year, Dr. Anthony Fauci, He got up in front of the cameras. He was going, oh, he was having a great time. Oh, my goodness. You know, it was uh, 
uh, it was past the election time. Things were looking a little bit better. Had vaccines out there. Oh, my goodness. He, he was touting for months at the very beginning of this. He was touting the therapeutics that were out there and had been. Hydroxychloroquine was dumped in his lap, one of the White House press briefings. He was asked about it. And he said, well, yeah, you know, it works okay in some cases, but the FDA has not approved it to treat COVID-19. And of course, that's the golden uh, collar that everybody wants to put on. The FDA fully approved it. FDA, they said it was good for us. Well, hydroxychloroquine had been out since the 1950s and had been successfully being used to medicate similar cases of diseases like COVID-19 very effectively. Hardly any side effects. But it was cheap. When this all began, you could get a month's dosage of hydroxychloroquine for 10 or 12 bucks. Fauci went nuts on it. He went crazy. He ignored the science that thousands of doctors around the world in controlled laboratory tests using hydroxychloroquine as compared to some of the other treatments. Hydroxychloroquine, especially in the early phases of COVID-19 infection, was very successful. Still is. But they poopied. Oh, you can't go there. You can't do that. And then six months later, we hear about ivermectin. The same thing. We had a doctor on this show that told you about 300 cases that he and a couple of his partners in medicine had treated using ivermectin in the early stages of COVID-19 infection. Every one of those patients got well quicker. Hardly any of them ended up in the hospital, and none of them had died. COVID-19 positive. Have you heard any good news out there But from the healthcare bureaucrats that we see on television all the time that even speak remotely positively about ivermectin? Anybody that does is relegated to those little bitty sites out there, you know, that little entity, Truth News Network, you go talk to those people. They're hardcore conspirators. They don't want to believe the truth, which the truth is when you get tested positive, you go to the hospital, you get put in the hospital room, in a bed, in the COVID ward, and they're going to take care of you there. When your pulse ox gets below 88, ha, 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 they're going to start you on an IV of remdesivir. Remdesivir, that lifesaver from Moderna. Yeah, Moderna, where Anthony Fauci has a financial investment in it. And oh, by the way, hydroxychloroquine now, it's $15 a bottle. Remdesivir, it requires intravenous treatment only. You got to lay there with a drip in your arm. It's a three to five day treatment, and every dosage is a thousand bucks. And then, if you really get sick after that, they're going to bam, you're on a ventilator. Less than half of the people in the nation that go on ventilators 
ever come off. They don't want to talk about that. Try to have a family member, a close loved one of yours, go to the hospital, go to the emergency room just to make sure everything's okay, you're having problems. They almost, in every case, if they've got an empty bed at that hospital, they're going to check you in. And once you in the system at that hospital, hospitals around the nation, almost without exception, they all have top-down, here's the protocol you use to treat everybody that tests positive COVID-19. Start at the testing crud. We've been using the same testing for a year and a half. Very quietly, the FDA this summer came out and said, we don't trust that test anymore. We're not going to recommend it. In fact, we're going to, it, it will cease to be authorized the first of the year. Have you heard anything more about that? Nobody wants to talk about that. Why would they want to do that? They told us in the press release. We gave it to you here at TNN Live. I'm going to summarize what it said, but these tests are unreliable and their unreliability is more than half the time they come back with false positive results. Now, what does that mean? That means that half the time when you get tested with those tests, the ones that are on the market right now, the only real ones, half the time when they test positive, they're not accurate. Now, think about that. But yet they are willing, in fact, they demand that when they get those results, the healthcare bureaucracy, when doctors that are part of that process, when they get those results, here's your protocol, start the train rolling, check you in, get you on an IV, get you on oxygen. And then the process just, if you get any worse, it's almost like they're licking their chops. And it gets worse and worse and worse. Let me, let me just ask you this one question. What's the end game? What are they really going after? Why would they laugh in the face of success with natural treatments? Folks, nobody wants to denigrate the, the likelihood and the veracity of how tough this virus is and can be. It certainly makes people really sick. A lot of people. And it certainly has either been the sole cause or contributed heavily into the death of a lot of people. There's no question about that. But where, oh where, is all of that science that for decades now have begun to implement the thought process in everybody? Do preventive work. Stop bad things happening to you medically, some many that you can stop by planning ahead, doing the right things, taking care of your body. Whatever happened to that? We aren't even contemplating any kind of preventatives now. Why is that? Why is that? And then the 900-pound gorilla in the room that every day I can't shake, it's always front and center in my mind. When I hear Anthony Fauci one time every week, and it almost always happens on Sunday, 
He's on one of the Sunday morning talk shows, news talk shows, and he blows one out every week, something new. And what it is, I'm going to call him Dr. Ratchet going forward because that's his tool. Ratchet down on the American people. Get it tighter and tighter and tighter. More control. How do you get the Americans to buy into that? Oh, you just scare them to death. And look where we are now. Omicron, they've shut down everything. I mean, everything. It was almost like, oh, ho, ho, here it is. Bam, we're going to close everything. Schools, businesses, NFL games, NBA games, National Hockey League games, bowl football games. It's just, it's insane. College bowl games across the country are being canceled, I mean, every day. Let me give you some examples. The Wasabi Fenway Bowl. Fenway, you know where the the uh, Boston Red Sox play? Fenway Park. They announced the game scheduled for the 29th between Virginia and SMU had to be canceled. Why? Due to the number of COVID cases impacting Virginia's roster. The Military Bowl Foundation announced the game scheduled for today, yesterday, excuse me, between Boston College and East Carolina had to be canceled. The Boston College Director of Athletics, Pat Kraft, said this, Unfortunately, due to cases of COVID-19 rising within our program since our arrival, along with season-ending injuries, opt-outs, and transfers, we just don't have enough players to put a team on the field. The Easy Post Hawaii Bowl announced the game scheduled for the 24th, Christmas Eve. Hawaii was going to play the University of Memphis. Canceled after 30 players and staff tested positive for COVID-19. The Sun Bowl. We just found out an hour ago that they've got a replacement for the University of Miami. Miami had too many COVID patients, so... (laughs) Oh my gosh, they got Central Michigan. Central Michigan is going to go play Washington State. The Tax Slayer Gator Bowl, scheduled for New Year's Eve, still going to be played. Wake Forest and Rutgers, they're the two teams after Texas A&M, Texas A&M withdrew because of COVID concerns. It's It's impacting every sector of our nation all the way down. And it's almost like you can see the monster was dropped on the heads of adults. You know, we were, you remember these conversations? Oh, it's the 65 and older and old people that have comorbidity cases, you know, like uh, diabetes, bad cases of diabetes. They have, they're immunocompromised in some other way. That's where they started. And then slowly but surely, we see the age categories get younger and younger and younger. And it's like they're going after people, going after people. What is driving this entire thing? I don't have the answer. I'm asking you, what is driving it? I have my thoughts. I'm sure you do too. But I can tell you one thing. When the treatment is worse than the disease, the treatment that is being recommended and in many cases now demanded is worse than the disease, 
we really need to start asking some probing questions. Don't you think? Don't you think? I mean, it makes sense to me. But don't dare ask those questions in public, folks, because you're immediately canceled. Look, we started this show a year and five months ago. TNN Live. We'd been doing truthnewsnetwork.org for a couple of years at that point. The show's been a success. We have an audience from all around the world every day. There are people today listening in live from Southeast Asia, South America, in the Caribbean, the EU, Australia even. And the reason it's growing is not because of me, but it's because we're asking questions and we're finding truth when and where we can find it and passing it along about the serious things in our lives. And this is really serious, folks. I don't know what the purpose is, but the players in this thing that are running it, I mean literally running it, they're not giving us truth. I mean almost never. And what's been scariest of all to me is our leaders in our government, those that they tell us all the time the number one thing they are supposed to do as leaders in our in our government is make sure for the security and the safety of the American people. And that includes everything, including illness and disease. But look what's happened over the last decade to our constitutional structured government. It's being pushed by those same people at the top. It's being pushed down a hill toward hard left autocracy where the government and those who are part of the government control every phase, every part of our life. That's the scariest thing of all to this thing to me. And you know there's something going on when the very ones that are in Washington that are not part of this push downhill the ones that have the power the ones that should be standing up and shouting from the mountaintops and giving us the facts in many cases they just tell us to shut up the january 6th thing that went on down there oh the this this committee this select committee that pelosi put together it's just getting deeper and deeper and darker and darker. And almost daily we find out that they're going after people that it is unimaginable that would ever even think about doing anything wrong. And they have no evidence of that, but they're going after people. Do you know if that committee comes after you? Can you imagine the cost to you? Because all they have to do is throw out allegations at anybody and everybody and you're being subpoenaed by the committee, that's a congressional committee. You're not supposed to legally be able to not respond to that committee in a legal fashion and comply with everything they want to do, and it costs a fortune. They know that, and they're using that to scare people to death, all for one purpose, to do what they can everything that they can do to keep Donald Trump from ever coming back to Washington, D.C. And they're not just going after Mr. Trump. 
They're going after everybody that had anything to do with him when he was in the White House those four years. They don't want anybody there. And I'm not talking about Democrats. I'm talking about professional politicians and bureaucrats, any and every party, independent, far left, far right, you name it. There's a strong group there that they did not like the fact that Trump had stopped that slide down to the left. And how did he do it? He went to the American people, directly to the people of the United States. He didn't rely on mainstream media. He didn't rely on the Washington swamp and all those that had been living there all those years, making the swamp bigger and deeper and nastier. He went after the swamp and the swamp creatures that lived there. They hate him. They won't even gone off the, the face of the earth. I can't imagine. I prayed for him every day. And I pray for Joe Biden every day, every morning. We're instructed to pray for those that are in authority over us. So that's what we do. I can't believe Donald Trump wasn't taken out. There was so much and is so much hate for him. I just can't see. It's a God thing. It's got to be that he's been protected. And every day, in addition to getting new questions to ask, and every once in a while getting some good answers, getting some facts, and many times, folks, I know you know this, the facts aren't always good. But truth lives in a vacuum. It's there. It's pure. We just have to get our arms around it. Thankfully, more and more people are willing to and are asking questions and demanding answers. We're not getting the answers very easily, are we? People like Rand Paul. Say what you will about Rand Paul. And I got to be honest with you, I was never a big fan of Rand Paul. He's not a Republican. He is more conservative than is the Republican Party. He's way, way, way into the people's rights, the citizens' rights. Well, as you know, he has gone toe-to-toe as a physician, which Rand Paul is. He's gone toe-to-toe numerous times in these Senate hearing committees with Dr. Fauci sitting there. Yesterday, he went over the top. Listen to what he did. He pinned blame for thousands of monthly COVID deaths on Dr. Anthony Fauci based on what? Fauci's bias towards vaccines. Rand Paul said this, I would venture to say that thousands of people die in our country every month now from COVID because Fauci's de-emphasized the idea that there are therapeutics out there. That was in an interview that was published yesterday. Paul explained that Fauci has a long history of a bias towards vaccines stretching back to his work on AIDS. I think Fauci is of the philosophy, Paul said, that vaccines are incredibly successful and are the way to go versus therapeutics, for example. So with regard to AIDS, he was involved as the AIDS epidemic came up. He wanted to develop a vaccine. There's nothing wrong with that. He wanted to develop a medicine to take care of AIDS. Vaccines can be great for polio or smallpox, or even wonderful for those, but it didn't work for AIDS, AZT. 
That was the so-called vaccine that Fauci was on. It had to be taken off the market. You know why? It was killing thousands of HIV AIDS patients. Senator Paul has previously said that monoclonal antibodies are one of the most promising treatments for the virus after a person has been infected, but that misinformation on the antibody treatments plagues government bureaucrats. Recent data showed that monoclonal antibody treatment cuts the risk of death and hospitalization. Listen to this. 70%. It reduces the necessity of hospitalization and stops death by 70% in high-risk patients, reduces the chance of infection among a household by 80%. Now, Paul wrote that in an opinion piece published in September. Monoclonal antibodies have only just begun to be mentioned by the mainstream media, and misinformation still plagues government bureaucrats when they're discussing this scientifically-backed treatment. Fauci has previously noted that monoclonal antibodies are a much underutilized intervention for COVID. But such therapies are often dwarfed by what? He concentrates only on vaccines. Yesterday, yesterday, Fauci floated implementing a federal requirement for vaccines for anybody that flies on a domestic flight in order to, his words, increase the number of vaccinated people in the U.S. That's another incentive to get more people vaccinated, he said. He was he was on a show on MSNBC. If you want to do that with domestic flights, I think that's something that seriously should be considered. Now, you know this, Paul and Fauci have long sparred over the handling of the pandemic. Senator Paul has accused Fauci of lying about the effectiveness of natural immunity because it foils his plans to get everybody possible vaccinated. Paul said the reason Fauci won't bring up natural immunity is because it foils his plans to get everybody vaccinated. He thinks it might slow down vaccination. And I'm for people getting vaccinated, particularly people at risk. And by the way, Rand Paul is vaccinated, as is his wife, and have two boosters each. But Paul said the thing is, if you ignore naturally acquired immunity, then you're saying we don't have enough people. You have to force it on younger people. There you go. I told you. Troubling to me. Most troubling of all is they're ramming this on those who are younger and younger and younger every week. It's almost like you can see a plan unfolding. A lot of questions. Sadly, not a lot of answers. (laughs) I mean, it's just unbelievable. And then this new thing, this new testing thing that came up. I mean, it was all over. I I don't know how much news television you watched during the holiday because it was a holiday and everybody was thinking about how dare you do it. Think about Christmas and family stuff. You've got to concentrate on what the healthcare bureaucrats are doing today. I don't know how much of that you watched. But the new testing thing, it just got out of hand. And basically, here's, here's how it goes. 
we don't have enough tests for everybody. Why is that? They didn't plan. They didn't plan. Somebody forgot to tell Joe, hey, you need to tell somebody to go ahead and order all those tests. We got to get them done because we got out way in front of ourselves and we announced we're going to provide half a billion tests and everybody's going to have one that you can take at home. We just got to get people tested so we can open the nation back up. No, we're doing some research here. We're going to find out where are these tests, these half a million tests, where are they coming from? Coming from a company that makes them. Who is that company? And who in our bureaucracy, our healthcare bureaucracy, has a vested interest in those companies? Biden has, he's gotten out in front of everybody on everything. That's why his, his staff, they just want to shut him down. We're going to take a break, but in just when we come out of this break, Jen Psaki and a White House reporter got into it about the testing and the promise that Psaki made, quoting the president, was we're going to have all these tests out in the month of January. You're going to love this. Right after this at TNN Live. Missing persons. Missing persons. Missing persons. My wife is missing. Your wife is missing. My wife is missing. When did you last see her? Four o'clock. Four o'clock. Four o'clock. Where's your TV, sir? The bedroom. Have you looked in the bedroom, sir? Uh, no. She's probably watching Madlock. Madlock is on at four o'clock? Every weekday at four on channel two. Go check your bedroom, sir. I'll wait. Okay. I'm here. She's watching Matlock. I thought so. I didn't know Matlock was on at 4 o'clock. Every weekday at 4 on Channel 2. She really likes Andy Griffith. Of course she does. She must be so engrossed by Matlock she forgot to tell me where she was. Tell her I understand. Okay, I'll be right back. No, I didn't mean no. Sir? Matlock, every weekday at 4 on Channel 2. Hey, my favorite episode. Because there's nothing like a good mystery. I'm hanging up now, sir. Hello? Wendy's famous 4 for 4 is heating up with a new spicy crispy chicken sandwich. The queen of spice is delivering that spicy chicken you love with lettuce and mayo between two deliciously soft buns. And yes, in classic 4 for 4 fashion, you can get all that spicy goodness with spicy or crispy nuggets, fries, and a drink to cool off, all for just 4 bucks. Is it getting hot in here? Or did Wendy's just deliver the hottest deal in fast food? We got you. Offer includes four-piece nuggets, junior fry, and value drink. Price participation may vary. At Target, our first priority is the health of you, your families, and our team members. That's why we now require guests to wear a mask or face covering and continue to provide masks and gloves to protect our team members. Every day, we deep clean our stores and wipe down carts and baskets after every use. And you can always count on easy, contactless shopping options like drive-up and same-day delivery. We believe in always taking care. And we'll always do that for you. Learn more at Target.com slash a bullseye view. Coming up in this half hour, well, maybe bleeding over into the um, 10 o'clock hour, we're going to talk about President Biden. We're going to talk about things seem more and more obvious every day that he's got some real cognitive disabilities that uh, are taking over. His staff try to keep him buried. They don't even want him to do a public meeting to go out in public because they can't keep him in check. 
He says just whatever comes to mind. And he's got this thing about, he's had this his whole political career. You have no idea ever what's going to come out of Joe Biden's mouth. He hangs himself again and again and again. I'm not going to go back and pull pull out from the uh, the graveyard all the examples where we've had on this show where he just was lost as a goose whenever he was serving in the Senate. He lied through his butt every day. How do you lie through your butt? <laughs> I don't know where that saying comes from. But nevertheless, he got out in front of everybody on this testing thing. He promised the world, we're going to test everybody. We're going to, I'm, I'm, I'm getting half a billion of these tests that we're just going to give away. Well, of course, then, Jen Psaki, who is his, uh, uh, um, I don't know what you call her. She technically is the White House press secretary or media manager, whatever you want to call her title there. She's the mouthpiece for Joe Biden in the media. That's exactly what she is. So she got pinned to the wall about Joe and the free test and his promises that we're going to have these all out in January. Listen to this back and forth. You don't yet have a contract or a contract to announce. You can't say when the website is going to be up, but sometime in a matter of weeks. You can't say how many tests people are going to be able to order at a time or whether there will be a limit on them. You can't say when they're going to receive the tests or how quickly they will be shipped, uh, but that all of that will happen in a matter of weeks. So here's what people should know across the country. Um, right now, there are 20,000 testing sites that are available. We have uh, quadrupled the size of our testing program in the last four months. That's not including the announcement yesterday. Uh, we are also working uh, with FEMA to open up testing sites. One of the first will open up in New York City before the end of the week. So accelerated emergency contract means they're working to finalize the emergency contract. And it would be uh, applicable to that would be all of the FDA-approved uh, uh uh, testing. Uh, they would all be uh, options for it, testing kits, right? We're not going to put the website up until we have the first batch of the 500 million, which we expect to get in January, because we don't want to create confusion for the American people out there. This is the biggest purchase uh, that we have done to date. It certainly represents a significant commitment and a recognition by the president that we need to be doing more. But that's the status of where things sit. No truth there. No facts there. It's totally deflect, deflect deflect. They don't even have a contract signed with that company that I was talking about a few minutes ago that's going to provide them those $500 million tests. Follow the money in that thing. Of course, we're regular old citizens. We won't be able to access any of the behind the scenes information. Saki didn't answer the question. Oh, the, you. this is what the American people need to know, she said. There are 20,000 test sites out there right now. Oh my gosh, look what we've done for you. 20,000 in a nation with 330-something million people, 20,000 test sites. She thinks that that is sufficient. Let me just give you a little bomb, drop one on you here. In my city, Shreveport, Louisiana, tests are like hen's teeth. You can't get them. I've got a granddaughter a 16-year-old granddaughter that tested positive for COVID the day before yesterday or yesterday. 
you can't get tested right now. So they got their hands on a home test to find out she confirmed positive for COVID-19. So we're supposed to just sit down and shut up because Jen Psaki told us and the president told us before he had half a million tests in his pocket and we're going to have them out across the nation in January. She mentioned the website where you can go get these tests that Joe told us we were going to have. Well, the website, she was asked, and she responded, no, it's not ready. We won't put it up and let it go live until we have those 500 million tests in our pockets here. (laughs) You poor imbecile, you don't know. Don't question us. We're the federal government. We have all the answers. Meanwhile, you can't find tests. And they're out there, they being the Sockies of the world, the Bidens of the world, the Fauci's of the world. If you don't get tested, you're going to get Omicron and it's going to kill you. Omicron has shut down the nation, literally. And it's not the virus that shut the nation down. It infects people. People are getting sick. Same symptoms almost totally as a bad cold, which is what the doctor in South Africa told us three weeks ago when she discovered the Omicron variant. Nobody in her watch, people she treated in that part of South Africa, has even been hospitalized. No deaths there. We've had two deaths in the U.S., from the Omicron variant infection of COVID-19. Both patients had comorbidities. They were in bad shapes before they even got the Omicron variant. We've been in a pandemic, and they call this, the reality of this, is we need to go back and not just shut our country down. You heard Fauci, what I said he said yesterday. We need to give serious consideration about mandating everybody that flies on a domestic flight is vaccinated. It's a good thing. The more people vaccinated, the better it is. That's his whole thought process, folks. Many cases of the Omicron variant are so mild, infected Americans are struggling to even determine whether they have the virus or just a common cold. No question about it. Cases are surging nationwide. It has, and they told us it would, become the dominant COVID-19 vaccine, excuse me, virus here in the U.S. But deaths and hospitalizations are lagging behind. Many of those infected are reporting symptoms that more closely resemble the cold or even a mild case of the flu than a serious deadly disease. You won't hear Fauci tell you what I'm about to tell you. Three groups of researchers from South Africa, Scotland, and England, all three found that the Omicron variant is less likely to send patients to the hospital than the Delta or the Alpha strains. The study from South Africa found the variant is up to 80% less severe. So that prompted some of the media folks to begin printing guides on how to tell Omicron from the cold. According to the Washington Post, and we never quote the Washington Post here, according to the Post, health experts warn that symptoms that previously helped people to gauge whether they had a cold, flu, or COVID 
are no longer the useful marker that they once were. In this Omicron-dominant season, symptoms of cold flu or COVID-19 are overlapping to a large degree. One story said, how to tell the difference between the common cold and the Omicron variant. They're even putting that out there so people can know which is which. One such study indicates that many who assume they have a cold may actually have COVID-19. The study's lead author, epidemiologist Tim Spector, said that Omicron for most people will feel much more like the cold, starting with a sore throat, runny nose, and a headache. The data on deaths and hospitalizations reflects that reality. Nationwide cases are up 134% since the 1st of November. That information, I always tell you when the CDC is involved in any of this, that number up 134% since November 1, that's from the CDC. In that same time frame, the total number of hospitalized patients with COVID-19 are only up 8.9%. Deaths are down. Yet they're shutting the nation down. It's because of this Omicron wave. Joe Biden laid out his response to the Omicron variant last week. But unlike during previous waves of COVID-19, more and more Democrats are saying no to these new lockdowns and mandates to stop the spread. You knew it was going to happen eventually. People that live in these big cities... I mean, look at what's happened at New York. New York City is my most favorite city on the planet. I love New York City. I love going there. I like walking through all the boroughs and looking at the different different cultures and the way that they eat, the way they shop. It's really a perfect scenario to capture exactly what the United States is like. They have destroyed... New York City. It's become one of the most restrictive states and cities in Manhattan at various points during the pandemic. But now the new governor in New York, Kathy Hochul, appears to be drawing a line at school closures. She said yesterday, we're keeping our schools open. Let me repeat, she said, we're keeping our schools open because we're dealing with a very different variant at this time We believe that it is critically important that our children not end up in the same place they were for so many months when they were displaced from their normal environment. We're in a different environment that brings different circumstances. Bill de Blasio, he's the most hard-left government official in the nation, the mayor of New York City. He promised no new shutdowns of schools or businesses. While Hoschel has implemented a mask or vaccine mandate at indoor spaces statewide, some local Democrat officials said they're not going to enforce it. Perhaps the most forceful Democrat against these new mandates has been Colorado Governor Jared Polis. He said a few weeks ago he won't even bring mask mandates back to his state because the emergency is over. Echoing a sentiment of many in the Republican Party, police explain that the biggest thing people can do to protect themselves is get vaccinated. Everyone has had plenty of time to make that choice by now. Yeah, it still is a choice. <laughs> Will it remain a choice? I don't know. 
He said, frankly, people who want to be protected have gotten vaxxed. That's who happens to those that get sick. It's almost entirely their own darn fault. Gretchen Whitmer, who would think in this conversation her name would come up, the governor of Michigan, she faced intense backlash for her lockdown policies last year. I mean, she was just Nazi style. Now she's singing a different tune. She said that it's critical Michiganders get vaxxed because schools must stay open. At the same time, she's rejected a vaccine mandate for state employees, saying it's a concern that will drive workers away at a time they're needed the most. So what's this all about? Well, a lot of leaders are coming back to reality, folks. Maybe driven by that S thing. Oh my gosh, science. The Omicron variant appears to be less severe than prior strains in terms of intensity of the disease. Deaths are not going up. Politics may be a factor too, though. Polling indicates that Americans are fatigued by ongoing concern about COVID. They aren't as panicked about Omicron as the media and also public health officials often have been. A recent Axios-Ipsos poll found that only 37% of us, all Americans, are extremely or very concerned about Omicron. In the same poll, just 23% said they plan to cancel holiday travel last week and this week coming up. The pushback from inside the Democrat Party is coming at the federal level, too. Finally, two Senate Democrats, Joe Manchin, Montana's John Tester, joined Republicans in voting to overturn Joe Biden's federal vaccine mandate for businesses with more than 100 employees. And then there's Joe Biden himself, folks. Yesterday, he even admitted that there's no federal solution for the COVID-19 pandemic. Did you hear that? Biden himself said, there is no federal solution for it. Think back during his campaign. Did you ever hear him say that? Listen for yourself. Welcome. And so one word of uh, concern or encouragement for your team is that as the Uh, As you look towards federal solutions that will help alleviate the challenge. Look, there is no federal solution. But I'm going to shut down the virus. I'm going to shut down the virus. I'm going to shut down the virus. Americans, America had, had made progress. Things are better. Yeah, we made progress. He campaigned just like most politicians always do claiming they're going to do this and do that, save the world and put a chicken in everybody's pot, and a whole lot more. When he campaigned, everywhere he went, I've got this. I have the COVID God by the throat. We're going to fix this thing. I'm going to kill the COVID. I'm going to stop it. I'm going to shut it down. Yesterday, that was a conference call with state governors. And he told them, there is no federal solution. In other words, what he's saying is, I was just campaigning. You know, you can't believe, this was a, a political campaign. We get, When we get out there, we say all kinds of things. Just kidding. We don't have any idea. I listened to Dr. Fauci. 
He's the guy I was told to listen to. And whatever he says, that's what I'm going to say. And it doesn't matter if it's truthful or not. Fauci said it. We got to do it or you'll die. Real truth. Real news. TNN. The Truth News Network. A divorce lawyer should be more than just a lawyer. Divorce is like no other experience, especially for guys. At Cordell and Cordell, our clients want a partner standing next to them. Someone they can trust. Someone who understands where they are and how to get them out. We are the attorneys of Cordell and Cordell. We are advisors and advocates for men before, during, and after divorce. We are Cordell and Cordell. A partner men can count on. To schedule your appointment, give us a call or visit us online at CordellCordell.com. Hi, welcome to the Subway ad for the $3.99 six-inch sub of the day. How do you want it? Secret DJ set. At a retirement home? Weird. I like it. DJ sandwich in the house. What did he say? Italian BMT $3.99. I call the EMT. Turkey breast $3.99. How much? $3.99. $3.99. Bingo! Time of participating shops. Prices and subs included may vary. Additional charge for extras plus tax. No additional discounts or coupons applied. We're outside Pilgrim Furniture and Mattress City where parents are disappearing. Excuse me, are your parents in there? Yeah. They can't decide if they should take no interest for 60 months with no money down or an extra $100 off every $9.99 they spend. It's a tough choice. But they've been in there for six hours. I want dinner. Parents, if you're at Pilgrim, please make a decision. Hi, Tom Bodette. Motel 6's new improved website lets you book a room and save more for what you travel for faster than ever. Even faster than you can find your keys, which you swore were right on the little hooky thing by the garage door where they always are, and we can land a robot on a comet, but we can't keep keys from disappearing. Oh, here they are. Left them in my jacket. Don't you hate that? I'm Tom Bodette for the new improved Motel6.com, and we'll leave the light on for you. In a world of change, one thing remains constant. The bedrock of truth. Welcome to the Truth News Network. Truthnewsnet.org Yeah, President Biden was out a little bit talking around um, several meetings, conference calls, etc. It's, it's humorous when you see him do any kind of conference now. Hardly ever is he in front of people. They have created this set. It's the White House, and you can tell it's fake because behind it, you know what's at the Oval Office and out the window behind uh, the presidential desk. And for some stupid reason, somebody talked him into accepting the fact we can create a fake Oval Office and put your desk there, and we have the window behind. But the window outside of that, it's you're on the first floor, which you're not if you're in the Oval Office, and everything's fake. Everything about this guy is fake. Everything he says is factual eventually comes full circle, and it's not. Yesterday, we were talking about testing. He admitted yesterday that his administration has failed to provide enough tests for the American people. He acknowledged that there are long lines across the country in front of testing locations And he's saying that in spite of what you just heard Jen Psaki say, oh, there are 20,000 test sites out there, more of them coming, we got it going on. No, we don't have the site where you can go to get the test, we don't even have it developed yet, and by the way, we haven't haven't signed a contract to buy those $500 million tests that Joe said we're going to buy, but we're going to be okay. 
seeing how tough it was for some folks to get a test this weekend, it shows that we have more work to do, the president said yesterday. He was talking to those governors. He detailed his efforts to ramp up testing, but he said it would have been harder to do it, but we should have done it better. It's not enough. It's clearly not enough, he said. If we had known, we would have gone harder, quicker, if we could have. Do you see anything vapid in that statement? It's not enough. It's clearly not enough. If we had known, we would have gone harder, quicker, if we could have. They could have gone quicker. This is the president of the most powerful country on the planet. If he had wanted it, all he had to do was make a phone call, and it would be done. It's the exact same thing that is happening still to this day regarding our supply chain issues. They never thought about it. They never. Jen Psaki lied through her teeth when she said, we started working on that, creating a plan, and implementing a plan even before Joe Biden was inaugurated. Never gave us any clue about what the plan was. And if what we're living in now is a plan, they're not qualified to do a plan for anything. He's saying the same things about the testing. Last week, he said this. He didn't think his administration had failed on acquiring enough tests. That was with ABC's David Muir. I don't think it's a failure, he said. I think it's You could argue that we should have known a year ago, six months ago, two months ago, a month ago. Folks, every month they've been telling us, I pass along what they say to all of you. It's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. And we know these variants are going to be worse and they're going to be more infectious. Why, oh, why would you, while you're preaching that to the American people, wouldn't you be preparing for what's going to happen, and you said will happen. He boasted to the governors that the federal government would purchase those 500 million tests and distribute them directly to the American people. During the call, Governor Asa Hutchinson of Arkansas thanked Joe for working with governors, but he noted that the federal government's efforts to buy up tests would hurt state attempts to get the test. In other words, you feds, you're not doing the job. We're out there trying to take care of our state's people and you buying up all the tests. We can't even do that and you don't have the test out. Hutchison said that dries up the supply chain for what we might offer as governors. Biden doubled down. He urged Americans to get COVID vaccines, warned unvaxxed people they faced a higher risk of getting severely ill, being hospitalized, and even death. The call was led by his COVID response team. It was set in that that fake setting I just described to you in the executive office building. My gosh, what do the American people think about this guy? It gets worse and worse. The Rasmussen Report's daily presidential tracking poll, believe it or not, (laughs) they do it every day. They did it for today. It shows that 41% of likely U.S. voters approve of Biden's job's performance. 41%, 58% 
They say he's not doing the job. The latest numbers include 21% who strongly approve of the job he's doing, 48% who strongly disapprove. That gives him a presidential approval index rating of minus 27. In other words, the American people think his job and what he's doing stinks. I'm just telling you, that's not me. That's what the American people, according to Rasmussen's tracking poll, that's what fellow Americans in mass think. 41%, that's his approval rating today. And I don't see it getting any better anytime soon. Do you? Now, remember we told you, I guess, three weeks ago, a month ago, about what the federal government has been doing to make this pandemic spread, not stop, but spread. They've been incentivizing professionals in the healthcare industry to, first of all, treat every patient that has any problem. Your default understanding or perspective of that patient and that patient's treatment is that they're a COVID-19 patient. What's it about? Money. And we explained to you how this works. Um, Treatment of COVID patients, it's not being subsidized by their private health care. The federal government's paying for it. When I say the federal government's paying for it, folks, it's paying for it, period. Medicare and Medicaid, each, those are federal. Medicare is a a, uh, federal health plan. Senior Americans have been paying into that for their entire working lives. And when they enroll in it after they retire, their health care is taken care of. It's not a free trip. They paid into it just like they did Social Security throughout their entire work life. It's deducted from their paychecks. Their employers match it exactly to the same amount as comes out of the, the patient's payroll That money goes to D.C., and it's supposedly deposited in an account to stay there until we need it. So for hospitals and doctors and any kind of healthcare official, for them to treat patients that are Medicare or Medicaid, Medicaid is a combination of federal and state working together, and it's based on low income but they function the same way. If you, as a healthcare professional, if you want to treat Medicare patients, you must agree to become a Medicare provider. And if you do that, the government, the little entity in our government, CMS, when you hear them say that, that stands for Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, CMS. Those are the, the where all the regulations about Everything to do with treating Medicare and Medicaid patients come from, including how those healthcare professionals are going to be paid, compensated for their work. And so here's how it works. What CMS did, and even before it was called CMS, it used to be called HICFA, HCFA for decades, it was called HICFA. What they did was they very painstakingly put together a list of every treatment, I mean every treatment, for any possible disease, sickness, medical treatment of any kind, surgeries, staying in hospitals, 
everything you can imagine, emergency, even non-emergency, healthcare, transportation, everything from wart removal to a heart replacement and everything in between. They gave every one of those procedures specific numbers. And so when these healthcare professionals treat these patients on their hospital bill, they have coders that put in the appropriate codes for the treatments that were specifically given to those patients. If it's inpatient hospital care, I mean, it includes everything. The room, aspirins, rubber gloves, everything that goes into treating a patient when they're in the hospital. And they set how much Medicare and Medicaid are going to pay for those particular specific services that are given to those patients. It's called the fee schedule. And obviously, the allowables or the amounts that these healthcare professionals can charge for their services under these two programs are regulated by the regional cost and expense based upon the geography, the zip codes where these treatments happen. Obviously, if you want to get or need a heart bypass surgery, it's more expensive to get done in New York than it is in Dubach, Louisiana, just because of the difference in expenses. And so the allowable numbers are managed and they are published nationally based on zip codes. So what the federal government very quietly put out there was the protocol for the federal government's financial involvement in treating these patients. And so here it is. You get sick and you show some symptoms that could be COVID-19. You got a high fever, chest pains, maybe bad congestion, blood pressure problems. You go to the emergency room. When you're in the emergency room, if you are, if your symptoms and your medical tag for what you have, what your particular situation is, if it's COVID-19, they want you to be admitted. If you're admitted, they don't just get the regular fee schedule, Medicare fee schedule amount per day for you being in the hospital. It gets 18% higher because you're COVID positive. 18%. That means if, if your everyday cost, what they would pay you for just a patient checking into the hospital is $100. If it's COVID, your official cause is covid it's $118. They get an 18% bump there. Then we really get into the money. You follow the federal protocols, the Fauci calls is what I call them. You've got to have an IV treatment. What are you going to get treated with? Ivermectin. Excuse me. I wish it was. It's not. It's remdesivir. Remdesivir is an IV treatment. It costs $1,000 a treatment. It's intravenously done. And so the hospital gets 18% more if they use the protocol that the federal government pushes out. But there's something that just popped out yesterday that we were able to find. A little-known federal program is helping Americans cover the cost of funerals for their loved ones who passed away because of COVID-19. Here's one story of a Georgia resident named Wanda Olson 
whose son-in-law died from COVID in March, leaving her and her daughter to struggle both with grief and the expense of his cremation. Even without a funeral, the bill was nearly $2,000, which was a healthy sum that Olson initially covered. She and her daughter then learned of a federal program that reimburses families up to $9,000 for funeral costs for loved ones who died of COVID. Her daughter filed an application with FEMA and in June got a $1,974 deposit in her bank account, giving her the ability to pay her mother back. Had this not been available, we would have been paying the money ourselves, said Olson, age 80, of Villa Rica, Georgia. There wasn't any red tape. This was a very easy, well-handed process. The network reported that as of December 6th, roughly a quarter of a million people had participated in the program, with FEMA dispersing about a billion five hundred million dollars for funeral expenses from COVID that occurred after January 20th, as long as that was the confirmed cause of death. With the nation's COVID death toll topping 800,000, it's clear that many families who are eligible for reimbursement have yet to take advantage of the funeral benefit. Olson said that her son-in-law traveled quite a bit to work on air conditioning systems and businesses, restaurants, and theaters when he began to feel sick. After he spent a few days at home trying to get well, he went to a hospital and was put on a ventilator. He died a couple of weeks later. He just couldn't overcome it. Death certificates for people who died after May 16th of 2020 must show that COVID-19 was the cause in order to be eligible for the benefit. For those who died early in the pandemic, between January 20th and May 16th, death certificates have to have a signed statement from a medical examiner, a coroner, or another certifying official that COVID was the cause of or contributed to the person's death. Percentages of residents who have been reimbursed funeral expenses under this program, they differ significantly from state to state. From around 40% in North Carolina and Maryland to less than 15% in Idaho and Oregon. And though the money has to go directly to individuals, funeral directors have begun to inform grieving families that the benefit is there for them. One of them, a guy named David Shipper, owner of the Sunset Funeral Home Cremation Center and Cemetery in Evansville, Indiana, took out ads in the local media informing residents that help is available for them if they qualified. $9,000, that's a lot of money. We wanted to find a way to tell people about it, he said. We stopped advertising some time ago, but when we have a new family with a death from COVID, we tell them about the program. So let me ask you this. Why would the federal government do this? The federal government, I don't guess. I don't know. It's almost like the federal government is saying, hey, we have some responsibility in this. So we want to help pay for the funeral. Anybody else in your family ever got sick and died? The federal government ever offered to pay you for funeral expenses? No. Why? Well, the federal government shouldn't be obligated. We all die, folks. There's only one way to get out of this place, and that's 
six feet under. We're all going there unless God comes back before we die. Why, oh why, would the federal government pick this, the only illness, the only disease that they're going to reimburse people for, their family members for a funeral, is COVID-19. So the thoughts just just rush into my head about what the obvious and maybe the not-so-obvious reasons or purposes for the federal government doing this. Do you think maybe there is a causal reason behind this that maybe, just maybe, the federal government's protocols that are being handled by healthcare workers and adopted in hospitals from coast to coast, many of which we've told you here are not good, and you can't fight them. You can't, in a hospital, folks, if they think that your loved one needs to be on a remdesivir IV and you tell them you you don't want that to happen, they'll, they'll tell you real quickly, you can't do that. If you want them to treat your loved one in the hospital that's really sick from COVID with some particular type of medication and it doesn't fit in that federal protocol, they won't do it. We told you two stories, one in Georgia, one in Illinois, where the loved ones actually went to court and filed emergency actions against these hospitals that would not treat their patients. One in Chicago was ivermectin. The guy had been given days to live. The hospital was done. His daughter comes from overseas from Asia, comes to see her dad, and she wants to give him a chance to live using ivermectin. The hospital says, we don't, we don't do that here. We're not going to do that. Well, I want my dad to get ivermectin to see if we can save his life. I'm sorry, we can't do that. He's going to die. She went to court, got a judge to overturn that from the hospital, and then the hospital said, we're not going to abide by the judge, what he had to say. She went back to court. The judge slapped him on the wrist, and they said, they responded and said, okay, but we don't have a doctor here who will give it to him. She said, I'll bring my doctor in. And then the hospital tells the judge, that doctor is not affiliated with our hospital. He can't treat patients in the hospital. Finally, the judge just hammered him. The guy had been given, I think, 72 hours to leave when this to live when this all started. They found a doctor to come in from the outside, treat her father with ivermectin 48 hours later, he got up and walked out. It doesn't matter to these hospitals. They're getting all this money. They're getting the money because they're complying with the federal protocol on treating COVID patients. And they're getting big, big dollars for doing that. The hospital systems in America, all during 2021, got fat and sassy on Medicare and Medicaid dollars coming directly from the federal government. If you've ever wondered why, follow the money. Follow the money, folks. Long live the courageous, the tenacious, the ones who push forward give back. back 
Long live the greater good. The helping hand. Those who fall and get back up. And long live the truck with the strength to overcome. The will to outwork. And the commitment to outlast them all. Ram, proven to last. That's what you are. Leo Dutton perfume, like the memory of a beautiful song, lingers on and on. Leo Dutton perfume, the classic French fragrance that you can wear anywhere, anytime, makes you unforgettable. Leo Dutton perfume by Nina Ricci. Disruptive may be just another overused buzzword, but disruptions in business like network downtime, data loss, social media abuse, and limited bandwidth are downright disruptive. For businesses large or small, Barracuda Networks offers powerful, affordable, yet easy-to-implement content security, application delivery, and data protection solutions, all designed to prevent disruptions and simplify IT. For an online demo or to try any of our security or storage solutions risk-free for 30 days, visit barracuda.com disruptive. song seals and croft whatever happened to those two guys they had some great songs diamond girl was that one i don't know 1970s maybe they just quit music i don't know it'd be kind of like bread you remember the group bread what some great songs bread had oh my goodness and uh their lead singer from oklahoma city he just decided one day hey i'm done and he was the voice of the group. I mean, he really was the one that had the great voice. And when he said no, I mean, bread was over. I mean, normally those uh, rock and roll bands, they'll stay around and come back and do clubs and go here and go there. Maybe not the big concerts they did when, you know, they were first in their primes as musicians, but they stay out there. David Gates, lead singer of uh, and the songwriter in Bread. Uh-uh. He said, I'm done. I hadn't done anything since. It seems to happen when those who are really good musicians, the ones that we really like their songs, and they do more than one or two or three or four songs, they don't hang around a long time. I wonder why that is. It's got to be aggravating to live out of a suitcase. A lot of people like it, but a lot of people don't. But of course, in music entertainment, if you make big bucks, you can find ways to deal with a lot of roadblocks, can't you? Back to the issues at hand. I was hoping we could just kind of glide through this holiday week, not having to worry about or deal with any negative things. But folks, our government is sowing so many seeds of negativism from top to bottom. And what I can't believe is that it's taken so long for many people to awaken and realize and accept the fact that that they're not right about all this stuff. There's something wrong. And people are paying that price, and many people are paying that price with their lives. And finally, a few of them are awakening and realizing things are not 
as we have been told in a lot of areas. Jesse Waters from Fox News, he, uh, yesterday, he did a great analysis of what's going on in this White House as it pertains to Joe Biden and what his quote-unquote people in the White House are doing. It's almost like there may be some sinister, concerted effort to make Joe look worse than he actually is. I don't know, but listen to Waters' thoughts on this. Good evening and welcome to Tucker Carlson Tonight. I'm Jesse Waters and for Tucker. We've learned a lot about Joe Biden in the last year. For one, we know he's not the same old Scranton Joe that represented Delaware in the Senate for decades, or the old tough guy Joe who saved the day by fighting off corn pop. He's not even the same Joe Biden who was Barack Obama's vice president. That Joe Biden is gone, and he's been gone for a while. In 2021, Biden confirmed what many of us could see during the presidential campaign. He is decaying. That is not an attack on Biden. He's nearly 80 years old. Anyone who's watched Joe Biden can see it. It's a fact we take no pleasure in stating. Nobody is happy when the president of the United States stumbles over his words or forgets where he is. We don't enjoy watching him fall asleep in the middle of an overseas summit. But his decline is hard to ignore. His latest example came just last night in an interview with ABC News. Joe Biden struggled to remember the name of the latest COVID variant, called Omicron. But maybe that's not exactly a surprise, since Joe Biden also told us he didn't even see Omicron coming. The vice president said in recent days that that you didn't see Delta coming, you didn't see Omicron coming. How did you get it wrong? How do we get it wrong? Nobody saw it coming. Nobody in the whole world. Who saw it coming? The Omicron variant has been around for weeks. The World Health Organization announced its existence in late November. And the U.S. government designated it as a concern days later. But somehow Joe Biden missed all of that. If the president of the United States acknowledging he was completely unaware of the incoming COVID variants wasn't bad enough... Biden then confused coronavirus tests with pills. He sounded like he had no idea what he was talking about, as he frequently does. And then he told us the lack of available coronavirus tests for the variant he also tells us we're supposed to be scared of isn't a failure. Uh, You told the American people just yesterday that we are prepared for what's coming. But three days before Christmas, if you look out across the country, you see it everywhere, these long lines, people waiting for hours outside in the cold just to get tested, empty shelves, no test kits. Is that a failure? No, I don't think it's a failure. I think it's, uh, you could argue that we should have known a year ago, six months ago, two months ago, a month ago. I've ordered half a billion of the pills, 500 million pills. I mean, excuse me, 500 million test kits that are gonna be available to be sent to every home in America if anybody wants them. But um, the answer is, yeah, I wish I had thought about ordering a half a billion pills two months ago before COVID hit here. That is who has the final say on public health in this country. A man who can't differentiate between tests and pills or Delta and Omicron. The same Joe Biden who told us earlier this year, vaccines prevent transmission. Quote, you're not gonna get COVID if you have these vaccinations, unquote. That's who's at the helm. Americans expect the leader of the free world to inspire confidence heading into the new year. Instead, Joe Biden confessed that nothing has been good enough. 
And in what was likely his last interview before millions of Americans hope to gather for Christmas, Joe Biden told the country that only vaccinated Americans are permitted to celebrate one of our nation's most sacred holidays. We're nearly two years into this pandemic. You're a year into the presidency. Empty shelves and no test kits in some places. Uh, three days before Christmas when it's so important. Uh, is that good enough? No, nothing's been good enough. But look, look where we are. If you are tested, if you know where you are in terms of having gotten the shots, there's no reason why you can't get together with your family and your friends. Um, and uh, we, we couldn't do that last Christmas. If we learned anything new about Joe Biden last night, it's this. A year of failures and errors on everything from the economy to lockdowns and mandates, the border and Afghanistan, have all taken their toll. Joe Biden is completely dejected, and he knows it. And if there was ever any doubt about Biden's health or cognitive ability, he put that all to rest yesterday. Biden actually admitted his own health was a legitimate question. We don't have to guess anymore. Joe Biden says his health could prevent him from running for re-election in 2024. I want to ask you about something I asked weeks before the election when we sat down. Uh, you said you would absolutely serve eight years if elected. Do you plan to run for re-election? Yes. But look, I'm a great respecter of fate. Fate has intervened in my life many, many times. If I'm in the health I'm in now, if I'm in good health, then in fact, I would run again. And if that means a rematch against Donald Trump? You're trying to tempt me now. <laughs> sure. Why would I not run against Donald Trump even the nominee? That would increase the prospect of running. We can't think of any other time where a president has speculated about the decline of his own health. What's worse is Joe Biden thinks his current state is the definition of good health. But he isn't fooling anybody. We see it. The American people see it. And surely his staff sees it too. It's why they usually keep him on a very tight script. He's only allowed to speak to reporters when they give him permission. He hardly gives any interviews, and last night showed exactly why. Joe Biden can't speak without embarrassing himself and his own administration. The White House knows all of that, and yet they send him out anyway. Why? Because his opportunist handlers who helped make him the president want you to know he's inept. They want to make it clear Joe Biden's not running things and that they're the ones with the real power. They're trying to accelerate the argument that he needs to be replaced. CNN put it very clearly in a headline this week, quote, the 11 Democrats who could replace Joe Biden in 2024. What's interesting is that even other Democrats are being challenged about Joe Biden's ability to lead. Kamala Harris was asked about this just a few days ago, and she pretended to be very angry. So who's the real president of this country? Is it Joe Manchin or Joe Biden, Madam Vice President? Come on, Charlemagne. I really, Come on. I, it's Joe Biden. I can't no, tell no, sometimes. No, 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 no. It's Joe Biden. And don't start talking like a Republican about asking whether or not he's president. Do you think Joe Manchin and, is and a problem? It's Joe, and, it's Joe, and it's Joe Biden. And I'm vice president. And my name is Kamala Harris. Did you notice how Kamala had to state that she was vice, vice president? Almost like she needed to remind us. That's because Kamala Harris is an afterthought. She was an afterthought in the primaries when she was the first Democrat to drop out of the running. Nobody liked her then. And we know with certainty, nobody likes her now. 
Her approval rating is less than 30%, and her staffers can't quit fast enough. So this is the state of the country and the Democratic Party after Joe Biden's first year in office. It's a very chaotic Christmas, and there's no leader to be found. One year down, three to go. One year down, three to go. That sounds like a threat. <laughs> but honestly, that's the, uh, the reality in which we find ourselves. It's just nuts that we're seeing this happen. He, the president of the United States, only gets a 41% positive approval rating. 41%. That doesn't happen if somebody in the White House is doing a good job. It just doesn't happen. And his vice president's approval number is below 30%. If I was one of them, either one of them, it doesn't matter. I don't know which of those two I'd rather choose to be if I had the option. Anyway, that's that's a different story. Either one of them, I would think, would be looking at the present circumstances and just asking this question. What have we done that caused this to happen? And what will it take to get it changed? And then start trying to do that. After all, they took the job. They asked us to hire them. I didn't choose to elect either one of them. I don't know if you did or didn't. But nevertheless, according to the election results that were confirmed by 50 states' governors, that's what the American people chose to have. Joe Biden as our president. Kamala Harris as our vice president. All that being what it is, if they're as smart as we've been told they are, and many times they're the ones that are telling us that, why do you do the same things over and over and over and over again when they don't work and people are paying the price for it? The American people are paying the price for every political choice Joe Biden has made, every single one of them. Joe Biden said this, quote, when I took office, our economy was on the brink of collapse. Now, Americans have more money in their pockets than even before the pandemic. Retail sales were up 8.5% compared to last holiday season, he said. And of course, he threw Donald Trump under the bus when he said that. He may be right about the holiday sales surge, but there are even deeper problems than that. Non-transitory inflation. It's sapping the purchasing power of every American consumer. And the supply chain crisis is yet unresolved. We haven't even seen or heard about a plan they've got to get it resolved. That's just two of his current economic shortcomings. Crime is surging in Democrat-run municipalities. Some employees are still disincentivized to go back to work. Vaccine mandates and restrictions on commerce remain a big matter of controversy and job-related disruption along with a testing shortage as the Omicron variant spreads. These and a bunch of other issues, folks, have a profound impact on our economy and our country's overall well-being. They are all tanking along with Biden's approval rating. The Build Back Better federal government spending binge would have led to even more inflation if Joe Manchin had agreed to go along with it. And that's still out there, folks. Build back better in some form. They say they're going to bring it back after the first of the year. 
Now let's look back four years. Under President Trump's generally populist-oriented administration, regardless of what you just heard Joe say, the Trump economy was booming. At least it took a hickey when COVID struck and it appeared to be rebounding as his first term wound down. Like him or not, Trump, moreover, was also the only president in recent memory who stood up to expansionist, authoritarian China in the context of the enormous trade imbalance and on other key matters, which would have included holding them accountable for its role in the pandemic. The New York Post, their editorial board, they published an essay a few weeks ago. Here's what it said. Look, the nation was poised for a rapid recovery as Biden took office with vaccines already rolling out. All the new president had to do was deliver on his vow to make beating COVID his overriding priority. Instead of focusing on COVID, Biden devoted all his energies to using the pandemic as a pretext for a big spending spree. He pushed through a huge COVID relief law that discouraged work, dumped cash on Democratic priorities, then turned to build back better which has turned out to be a $6 trillion-plus effort to enact the AOC Bernie Sanders agenda of turning Americans socialist. Joe messed up when he didn't do this. He didn't give Trump any credit for the handoff. Instead, Team Biden typically takes the opposite approach on everything. But that shouldn't be anything new. That's usually how tribal politics works. The new guy comes in, he beats up the one that he's running against in office or trying to get that office away from. And they do exactly the opposite of what the other one was doing. It doesn't matter if it was good or bad, effective or not. They're just going to do different. That aside, Twitter users are questioning the accuracy of the incumbent president's tweet, especially as it relates to the I-word and economics one-on-one. Here's one example. A guy named Scott from New Mexico, he said he tweeted this. In fact, real disposable income was higher in December 2020 than it was November 2021. Stimulus checks in quarter one helped to bolster savings But the fact real aggregate income has fallen the past few months is why Americans have soured on Biden's economic stewardship or lack of. Dr. Missy Biebs tweeted this, I have reported him, Joe, for misinformation. When you factor in inflation, the retail sales were flat. (laughs) And somebody that goes with a Twitter handle, one, one, once more with feelings said, Joe Biden has never personally tweeted anything. I doubt he has used a cordless phone yet. Dollar Joe said, more money? What difference does it make with the amount of inflation? I'm getting less for my dollar. I'm still trying to find jobs he's created. Anyone have any specifics that's targeted at their nonstop claims that We've created all these new jobs, more than any president in history. Folks, they're not new jobs. Those are just some people that are coming back to work that were unemployed because of COVID lockdowns. 
And Joe found a way to try to cheat and lie to the American people to get their support by calling them new jobs. They're not. The workforce is down significantly from where it was at the end of the Trump administration. And Americans are awakening to all that. Joe's getting busted. And back to this COVID thing about the vaccines. If you get the vaccine, you're not going to transmit it. And if somebody around you has it, you're not going to get it. Yesterday, a Holland America cruise ship was denied entry to a Mexican port after health officials discovered positive COVID-19 cases on board. The Mexican state government, their health department confirmed to media outlets that 21 crew members on this cruise line tested positive for COVID when it arrived in the tourist resort city of Puerto Vallarta. Through onboard testing, we have confirmed that a small number of fully vaccinated crew on this Holland America cruise ship tested positive for COVID. All are showing mild or no symptoms and are in isolation. Close contacts have been quarantined out of an abundance of caution. According to the health department of that city, Puerto Vallarta, the entire crew was tested for COVID before departure on December the 19th. Only one positive case was discovered. Due to a last-minute notification from authorities that guests would not be permitted to go ashore in Puerto Vallarta, the ship departed and will return to San Diego to arrive in two days as scheduled. Guests were notified and continued to enjoy activities aboard the vessel. If you get vaccinated, you're not supposed to get it. You're not supposed to transmit it. You heard Rachel Maddow tell you at the first hour of the show, back from March 29th of 2021, she said the great thing about, and I'm paraphrasing, but the great thing about this new thing is if you get vaccinated, you're killing COVID because it can't use you as a host to go infect someone else that you come in contact with. All of this stuff that continues to float around out there, it's almost like there's a fog over the entire nation. And normally, we get fogs in the wee hours of the morning, and that's when the ground and the air, one's colder, the other's warmer, and they get together and create this fog. But usually, every day, usually by 8, 30, 9 o'clock, the sun has come and the temperature rise has burned off all the fog. We can't get the COVID fog. We can't get rid of it. It perpetually stays above us and around us, and it's perpetuated by all of the stuff that we're hearing that happens, and it's not any of it supposed to happen. We're being told by our government leaders. None of it's supposed to happen. And then when it when it happens, nobody ever says, ah, I'm sorry. Tony Fauci, we, uh, we quit publishing the lies that he's told. We stopped doing that, and he was above 40 different ones about specific things to do with COVID-19, how we should prepare ourselves, how should we treat it, and how should we live our lives with it floating through the air all around us. 40 different things. We quit talking about those three months ago. 
It's not even worth it. He doesn't care. He has no shame. And he just sees, and he has obviously, this lust for more power because he sees Americans actually doing the stuff that he's telling us to do, and he's scaring us to death. That's the only reason why Americans are doing it. No kidding. And folks, listen to what I'm about to say. I don't think we're any closer to getting rid of it than we were a year ago. Dunkin' is putting a whole new spin on pumpkin at Dunkin' with our new pumpkin cream cold brew. Smooth, bold, cold brew topped with velvety pumpkin cream cold foam made with cinnamon and nutmeg spices. And there's more pumpkin for you to love, like the delicious fall classic, our pumpkin spice signature latte. Rich espresso topped with whipped cream, caramel drizzle, and cinnamon sugar. That's how we pumpkin at Dunkin'. Sip into the fall season with the new pumpkin cream cold brew or pumpkin spice signature latte. America runs on Dunkin'. Price of participation may vary. Limited time offer. Exclusions apply. Howdy, the streamer here. You know, there's a place down yonder where three streams converge into one. It's where I saw the Mandalorian get himself into a space squabble. Watch me some UFC. Those folks from Modern Family had me cackling like a trout getting tickled. Well, that's a Disney bundle for you. It lets you stream Disney Plus, Hulu, and ESPN Plus for only $13.99 a month. The Disney bundle. It's streaming at its best. Includes Hulu ad-supported plan. Access content from each service separately. Terms apply. Visit the DisneyBundle.com for details. Are you ready for best life minus the burnout? I'm Zuri Hall from NBC's Access Hollywood, and my new podcast, Hot Happy Mess, is all about the most important VIP, you. Join us each Monday as we discuss relationships, self-care, career, and much more. Our podcast is for mindful, ambitious, diverse millennial women who are ready for more happiness, laughter, peace, and purpose now. iHeartRadio is number one for podcasts, and it's easy to see why. Listen to Hot Happy Mess every week on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Little Caesar's Thin Crust Pizza is so loaded with cheese and pepperoni you can't even see the crust. And if you ever want to see it again, listen very carefully. Bring six forty nine dollars in unmarked bills or marked bills or coins or just a credit or debit card to Little Caesar's. Come alone and bring your friends or family. Bring everyone. Get a Little Caesar's Large Thin Crust Pizza with extra cheese and the most pepperoni, all at the nation's best price of just six forty nine. dollars Pizza, pizza. Top four national pizza chains. Extra most bestest thin crust pepperoni pizza versus large round one topping thin crust pepperoni pizza. Everyday standard menu prices at participating locations plus tax. No identity politics, no political elitism. Read and hear the truth, always sourced from facts. Real truth, real news. TNN, the Truth News Network. I can't get away from this thing about if you take the vaccines, if you get vaccinated, you're not going to get COVID. It's going to save your life. And you're not going to infect anybody else around you. And it really doesn't matter Once you're vaccinated, you've got a free pass. That's a permanent free pass for the rest of your lives. And then when that didn't work, they came back and said, well, you know, we've got to boost them. And then we got a second booster shot. Now they're saying a third, and then now they're even saying more. It may be a lifelong thing, getting a booster every year. And remember this, if you weren't here at the beginning of the show, we paid this little snippet less than a minute from NBC, uh, MSNBC's Rachel Maddow on her show, March 29th of 2021. That's not too long ago. She is considered to be the intellectual of all of the nighttime talk shows. Rachel Maddow is. Listen to her wisdom on the vaccines. 
It means that instead of the vaccine being able, excuse me, it means for instead of the virus being able to hop from person to person to person to person, spreading and spreading, sickening some of them, but not all of them. And the ones that it doesn't sicken don't know they have it. And then they give it to even more people because they didn't recognize they were right. Instead of the virus being able to hop from person to person to person, potentially mutating and becoming more virulent and drug resistant along the way. Now we know that the vaccines work well enough that the virus stops with every vaccinated person. A vaccinated person gets exposed to the virus. The virus does not infect them. The virus cannot then use that person to go anywhere else. It cannot use a vaccinated person as a host to go get more people. That means the vaccines will get us to the end of this. You hear that? COVID-19 watches closely. And anybody, it doesn't matter who, if they're vaccinated, her words, COVID can't use that vaccinated person to go get somebody else. In other words, you can't transmit to anybody. You're safe and you can't transmit the disease to anyone else. And as she promised, if we do that, there'll be no more COVID. We'll get rid of it. It hadn't happened. It hasn't happened. We're still trying to puzzle through and find what the end result is that's hoped for by all of those that are shoving this down our throats. For all of those in politics today that are in office, the two that stick out the most, you heard from Rand Paul earlier in the show, Senator Rand Paul from Kentucky. He goes nose to nose with Fauci every time they get together on across the hallway at the House of Representatives. It's Representative Jim Jordan from Ohio. Yesterday on a show, Alex Marlowe, he said, Jim Jordan did, that Republicans, if elected to a majority in the House of Representatives in November, they're going to investigate Fauci. They're going to investigate Fauci and all of what the CDC and the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases the branch of the National Institutes of Health that Fauci runs. They're going to investigate Fauci and these departments and also gain-of-function research at the Wuhan Institute of Virology in China. He said Republicans must do the oversight that needs to be done. The host highlighted the Democrats' investigation of the events on January 6th as a congressional focus at the expense of real inquiries into matters of public importance. Jordan remarked, the top investigation, which I think will primarily be done on the oversight committee, is on Fauci and the gain of function in the lab leak, which is the most likely scenario of how we got this virus. And he added, that's kind of oversight you're supposed to do if you're in the House of Representatives, not this crazy January 6th political attack that they're doing. If the Democrats go down this road of kicking Republicans off committees, trying to put a good man in prison like Mark Meadows, they shouldn't do this stuff. But if they're going to, if they're going to cross this bridge, if it's good enough on one side, it should apply to the other as well, Jordan said. He said Republicans should investigate the Department of Justice's coordination under A.G. Merrick Garland with the left-wing National School Boards Association and targeting parents 
who simply opposed the left's imposition of transgender ideology onto their children's education, which has been happening. Jordan said, we should be looking at what the DOJ really did do. The information that was passed back and forth when they decided to go after moms and dads in this whole school board issue down in Virginia. And additionally, he called for real investigations of the debacle on the U.S.-Mexico border. In other words, it's not looking very good for Democrats, especially in a Biden administration, not looking good for the Republican Party in November. It looks like the House is definitely going to go Republican and a real good chance the Senate will too as well. Imagine Joe Biden sitting over at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue and looking down and seeing the Capitol and realizing, you know what, I'm not going to be able to get any more of this crazy legislation passed. That, of course, would be good for the American people, not so good for Joe Biden. And speaking of the craziness at the southern border, listen to this story. A TV station in Houston claims that over 150 people have been killed by suspects that Democrat judges have released on bond in just Harris County, Texas alone. That's Houston. They point out that a number of the suspects doing the killing were charged with capital murder described as the most egregious offense in the criminal code. No fewer than 113 defendants charged with capital murder have been granted bond and released back onto our streets pending their trials. Think about that. Another TV station found the same trend when they looked at 407 capital murder charges filed in Harris County between September of 2016 and September 21. They discovered that records show 113 or 28% of those suspects were let out on bond. One example. A 71-year-old Martha Medina in Houston, she was robbed of her purse, then run over and killed in September outside a McDonald's in northeast Houston. The suspect in the killing is Andrew Raynard Williams. He was out on the street after making bond on a previous capital murder charge. Houston Police Sergeant Larry Gibson expressed his concern over the bond releases for these suspects, saying, It's very concerning. It involves everybody. Guys out on capital murder bonds, they just don't have any fear. So they're like, well, I'm out on this. If I get caught, well, I'm already on bond for murder. What do I have to lose? And we wonder why the criminality on the streets of America is going out the wazoo and climbing everywhere. Well, not everywhere. Primarily, almost exclusively in these big blue governed cities, kind of like Houston, Texas. Democrats in leadership, folks, are just getting lambasted when facts come out. Novel thing, right? Facts. Fauci came out over the weekend once again, and he's just doubling down on all of his egregious mandates, things he's telling Americans we got to do. He basically, talking about New Year's Eve, he said you shouldn't do it. You ought to think about not having those New Year's Eve parties. 
He was on CNN's New Day with a guest host, Caitlin Collins, acknowledged that Fauci said it's fine to gather with friends and family in vaxxed and boosted groups, but she asked if he had any advice to people about larger settings for New Year's. Fauci said, I would stay away from that. I've been telling people consistently that if you're vaxxed and boosted and you have a family setting in the home with family and relatives, but when you're talking about a New Year's Eve party, we have 30, 40 people celebrating. You don't know the status of the vaccinations. I would recommend strongly stay away from that this year. There will be the other years to do that, but not this year. Ironically, that same day, Fauci was seen in a large group talking to people shoulder-to-shoulder, face-to-face, unvaxxed. (laughs) He certainly doesn't preach to himself what he preaches to us. Well, Tuesday's TN Live is in the history books. Thank you for being here. We're going to do this every day this week as we head towards New Year's. Have a good day. We'll see you tomorrow, folks. Who draws the crowd and plays so loud, baby, it's the guitar man. Who's gonna steal the show, you know, baby, it's the guitar man. He can make you love, he can make the guitar man Who's on the radio You go listen to the guitar man Then he comes to town And you see his face And you think you might like to take his place Something keeps him drifting Miles and miles away Searching for the songs to play Then you listen to the music And you like to sing along You want to get the meaning Out of each and every song Then you find yourself a message And some words to call your own And take them home
The voice begins to falter and the crowds are getting thin But he never seems to notice he's just got to find another 